Well, greetings, all of our family and friends. We want to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host for today, Apostle Nathaniel Leon, and I want to wish you a very blessed and happy new year. It is a new season and a new time in the earth realm, but I believe spiritually something has been released by the grace of God. So I'm going to give you just a minute to join in, and we're going to prepare for the word of the Lord today. Uh, there's something phenomenal in the atmosphere. We've moved into a season of reaping and harvest. Radical favor, radical harvest is already here. So I'm going to ask you if you're joining in, wherever you're watching, to do that work of the evangelist. And what does the evangelist do? He shares the good news of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do that uh, that work and and share and hit the like button. And as we do, we're going to ask God to add increase to the hearing and teaching of the word that we would be transformed, that his purpose would prevail, and that God would be glorified in everything we do. So I'm doing the same. I'm grabbing my device here. I'm going to be sharing uh, the podcast, sharing the, uh, the, the stream. I'm going to pray that God would open up uh, influence and impact for uh, this podcast, but also for those that are moving forward into new seasons, into new dimensions. So we're just praying the blessing of the Lord over you. Over those that are watching, we're praying a very happy new year to everyone listening, and we believe God is going to speak tremendously today. So I'm sharing there. I'm going to ask you to do the same, but I want to welcome you. Let me know where you're coming and watching from Yvonne P- uh, P- Palacio. So good to see you. Eunice Osita, God bless you, Sister Eunice. Sister Teresa, Minister Teresa, so good to see you. Nina Campos, the Lord bless you. Just let us know where you're joining us from And we're excited about this new season. It's a time of harvest. It's a time of radical reaping. And you're going to see that which you've sown in previous season take form, take manifestation. Uh, uh, God bless you, Sister Lucinda. So good to see you. Wherever you're watching from, again, please do that work of the evangelist. Share the good news of Jesus. How do I do that? By hitting that share button, by liking, by subscribing, by helping us to push Uh, the word of the Lord forward into our generation. I believe God wants to use these platforms for the glory of the Lord and for there to be change in our generation. God bless you. Sister Julie, welcome. Blessings to you. Sister Tracy, we're glad you're watching. We're going to get ready to start our podcast for today. And our key verse is out of the book of Romans 821. But we're going to be talking today about the word becoming flesh. Bless you, Brother Ray. Uh, Romans 821. But we're going to start with just a word of prayer. We're going to ask that God would open up our understanding and give us wisdom, give us counsel. Again, that scripture is because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. I want to tell you, it is a time of liberty and freedom. It's a time to see the change in your life manifest in the earth realm. We're going to talk very briefly about the this dimension manifesting, the manifestation of the promise of God concerning uh, what he said to you. What did God say? And I believe you're about to see what he said uh, be seen. What's said is going to be seen. What was spoken is going to manifest because the word is life. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask you just to give us wisdom and understanding. We pray that every opposition, every resistance would be broken and bound by the power of your word. I ask you for the anointing and the grace of your presence. Pray with me now, if you would. Those under the sound of my voice, I ask you to heal and deliver and to touch and to transform every battle, every war, every resistance, every opposition. I pray the strength of Almighty God over these men and over these women of God. Encourage them now. Revive them now. Strengthen them now so they can move into their new dimension of glory and of power and of favor and of increase. And I pray according to your word that you would get all of the glory. Now move in this place. Speak through this podcast, even the the, the rebroadcast of it. As they're watching, let the glory of God and the power of our King be seen and let us be changed forevermore. This we ask in the mighty name of Jesus, believing that it's done and receiving it as so in Jesus' name. Let someone that agrees say amen. And amen. So good to see you, Brother Daniel. The Lord bless you. Good to see you, Pastora, uh, from Love's Church. God bless you as well. What a phenomenal weekend we have had this weekend. Raising the altar. 
uh, Riverside and uh, the theme for this week was casting our crowns and this would be the year of multiplication. You're not going to die, you're going to multiply. What has been sown is going to be reaped. What you put into the spirit is coming back 30, 60, and 100 fold. I want to encourage you, uh, we read this, but go to Galatians 6 and verse 9. You're, you're, some of you on the line are getting ready for your due season. There's a remnant that are getting ready to reap a harvest of mind, of energy, of, of, of life that you've sown. Here's what Galatians 6 9 says, And let us not grow weary uh, in doing well, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. I will encourage you that some of you are about to see a, a season of due that your season is now pregnant and now going to birth from one world to the next. Those of you that are mamas and daddies in the spirit and even in the natural, you realize a child is a gift from that world to this world. A seed is planted in a womb and after nine months of, of development, what's in that world comes into this world. And when it's time for what's there to come here, it's called a due date. Well, I want to tell you, you're not just pregnant, though you are spiritually, you are, you, uh, you are pregnant and your season is pregnant. I need you to listening. God bless you. Karina, welcome to the podcast. Sister Anna, welcome. Uh, Sister Karen, welcome. If you can share the podcast and like the podcast, we believe God is going to speak. Your season is due. A season is, is a, a series in time that God says this belongs to you. A day, an hour, a moment of favor, an, uh, a, a, a span of succession of, of events happening to you. So the Bible says, Galatians 6, 9, to not grow tired or weary in doing well. I'm going to say that to you again. I remember God said this to me. The only time I tire when doing well is when I'm warring in my flesh. The only time anything in me doesn't want to do good is when there's evil trying to manifest. There's nothing about your spirit that doesn't want to keep doing good. Your spirit man wants to give. It wants to sow. It wants to serve. It wants to obey. Your flesh wants to take wants to run, wants to rebel, and wants to do what it wants. So your spirit man must rule. Now, this is what's imperative. God is still not going to bless flesh in this season. I'm going to say that again. God in this season is not going to bless the leading of the flesh. He's going to bless the leading of the spirit. As many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God, according to Romans. So we're going to have to be led, driven, following the Holy Ghost. But verse 9 says, do not get tired of doing well. Now, the word weary there in Galatians 6, verse number 9, the word weary means tired. It means, uh, it, is the, it is the Greek word, uh, uh, it is the Greek word ekakeo, ekakeo. It means utterly spiritless, to be wearied out, to be exhausted to faint, to fail, and to tire. Let me encourage you, the enemy wants to tire us with doing good things, but let me ask you, what else is there? See, uh, for a while in your life, we could choose to do good and we can choose to do evil. You can do that, you can live that way. But let me encourage you, when God will take you where he wants to take you and give you what he promised you, you don't have any more options to do what you wanna do. You see, the money that God really wants to bless you with and the house God really wants to bless you with and the family and the ministry and the doors, it's not going to make you independent. You see, in the world we live in, you say, you say look, shoot, I, I, I just won't make it so I don't need nobody. I, I just want money so I can do what I want. I just want to be blessed so I, I can live for me. That's not God. See, in the kingdom, the higher you go, the more dependent you are. Somebody's listening to me. Some of you must make an adjustment in your heart. You see, if you've ever traveled in an airplane, and uh, every time you travel, uh, whether we've heard it once 
or we've heard it a hundred times, those stewardesses get up in front of us with this mask and, and with these belt buckles and they tell you there's exits here and here and here. They tell you we're going up in the plane and should this plane uh, begin to depressurize, oxygen masks are going to fall. And before you help other people put that mask on, because why? You've elevated to a height that is so high you can't breathe on your own you now become dependent on God. I want you to hear me. You got to go up. I've got to go up. But the higher I go, the thinner the air is up there. I need you to hear me. And so what is the key to seeing 2024 be different than 2023, than 2022, than 2021, than 2020, than 28? All of these years. Now, God is ready to do things. He's always ready. But I want to tell you, there is something called a due season. And this due season happens outside after it happens inside. Verse 9 of Galatians 6 says, we should not grow weary in doing well. Now, the word well there is the word kelos. It means beautiful. It means excellence. It means eminent. It means choice. It means precious. It means suitable commendable, admirable, excellent, precise. We're going to have to become excellent. I'm just going to say this and I'm preaching to me. God is not going to bless sloppy. I know we want God to give it to us however we want, but God is looking for precision. Uh, there's a difference on your, on your arm between a, 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 a Casio watch a watch you get at $7 for at Walmart. Now, I'm not mad at that watch. And there's a difference between a watch that is called a Rolex. A Rolex watch is precision. It was made with excellence. It, uh, it was handcrafted. It will last through lifetimes. That watch you buy will, out, will outlive you. You will have to pass it to your children's children. And it's precision. It, it's excellence. I want to tell you, you're made for excellence. And some of us are waiting to get blessed to start to be excellent. And God said, I need you to be excellent even in the hoopty. I need you to be excellent even in the shack. I need you to be excellent even in the pinto. You hear what I'm saying? Start doing what you're called to do now because it's God. You telling God, I'm ready for my next season now. Let us not go weary in being excellent, in serving the Lord, in sowing, in, in pursuing the purpose of God, in well-doing, Again, in let us not grow weary in well-doing, well, in excellent poyeo uh, to make. Now, there is a misinterpretation of grace so that we, we hear this scripture in Galatians. Ephesians talks about we're saved by grace alone, not by works, so any man's, so lest any man boast. And so uh, the writing in the book of Galatians and explaining that it's not by natural means are we saved. We're not saved because we eat or don't eat this. We're not saved. So in the book of Galatians, if you read it correctly, the book of Galatians is written to the church at Galatia. Uh, or, or, or the, the church at, at, at the, the, the church of the Galatians is a church at uh, Galatia and Galatia is a place where they are Gentile that came into the kingdom. Now the, they call them the Judaizers. Now we're not against the Jewish people, but these were the Jewish Christians that believed in circumcision, the observation of days in the observation of meats. They were trying to get the new Christians to observe all of the hundreds of Old Testament laws. And Paul rebukes them and says, this is not for you. There was a council already made in the book of Acts that you're not bound to these laws. You're free. So you being free, how can you go backwards? So we misinterpret to say, I don't need to do anything. I'm saved and I can live how I want. I can do what I want. I cannot. No, no. Listen, hear me about the spirit. It is not your works that save you. You're saved by grace. Amen. But you were saved for a purpose and a reason. You read the Bible. The Bible says God gave you a talent. He gave me a talent. And you may have one talent, you may have five talents, or you may have 10 talents. Now, the key to more is what you did with that talent. What are you doing with what God gave? Well, I, shoot, shoot, I'm, a, I'm just trying to work it out. And listen, hear me. What are you doing for the kingdom of God with what God gave? Well, I'm, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to make it. No, no, no. What are you 
doing for the kingdom of God, faith without works is dead. Are you hearing me? God gave you a talent, and that talent is to glorify Jesus, not just in the church, but it will, it must come to the church as well. You don't, you don't leave your talent and believe that the thing God gave you isn't for his house. You're a priest in the house of God and you're a king in the world. I don't know who this is for, but I'm talking to somebody who is, is nervous about 2024 because you saw what happened in 2023 and 2022 and you're asking God, what is next? Hear me about the spirit. God gave you the talent. And that talent is going to turn from one to two and from five to 10 and from 10 to 20. God is going to multiply that, but you've got to use what God gave you. The Bible says the master of the house dispersed the talents. And the scripture says that the one that had 10 doubled it. The one that had five doubled it. But the one that had one talent buried their talent in the earth. They buried it and they were afraid to use it. And when the master came to give an account of what they did with what God had given them, he said, thou wicked and slothful servant, you knew I reap where I didn't sow. And now what he had was taken from him and given to the one that had five or 10. Are you listening to me? So I want to tell you by the spirit, verse number nine, do not go weary in what you are building. The word doing is the word making. You are making something with your life. You are building an offering that you will present to God face to face one day. And your pastor won't be there. Your mama, your daddy won't be there. Your husband, your wife won't be there. Your kids won't be there. Your bishop won't be there. Your apostle won't be there. It's going to be you and God standing face to face. And you will give an account for what you built with your life. And you have a destiny to build something. Are you hearing by the spirit to make, to produce, to construct, to fashion? You're building something. You're creating something. There's something on the inside that our generation needs that's on the inside of you and I. And we've got to get to work, babe. You've got to get to work, working the thing on the inside of you, building excellence, building, uh, building precision. The Bible says Daniel was 10 times more excellent. Don't get weary in good building for in a due season you shall reap i want to say your season is due due one that belongs to you belonging to oneself it's your season there is a set but that season that comes must meet preparation See, when the season arises, you don't got time to go prepare. Say, God, come back in six months when I can get my health in order. Come back in 12 months when, when I can get back in my word. Come back, in, come back in, in nine months so I can start to prepare how to use the gift in me of production or music or management or business. Whatever your talent is, fashion, music, designing, script writing, whatever you're called to do, you better work that gift in the dark because the day is coming and the hour is coming when the, your time will meet your preparation and greatness will be born. You see, an opportunity comes. And when that opportunity comes, if you're ready, you will walk through the open door and your life will change. If we're not ready for the open door, we get to go back through another season of waiting. Hear me by the Spirit. God wants to, wants to empower you. The due season is a season of reaping. That word season is the word kairos, spirit time, meaning earthly time. And you will reap if we do not faint. Go to John 1. I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this because uh, some of us got about six weeks before some things are coming to you. Some of us got about uh, about 12 weeks. Some of us, uh, this first quarter of the year is very important to what's going to happen the rest of that. I heard this word praying for a man of God yesterday, and I'm going to, I hear it for you. The Lord is saying that the next six years of your life from 2024 to 20 to 2030 are going to be directly affected. This is not for everybody, but this is for somebody. What you do and what you do not do in the next 12 weeks will determine the course of where you go from here. I need you to hear me. I'm telling you by the spirit, God wants you to walk in the power of his virtue. The Bible says, I need you to uh, go, go to go with me if you would. The scripture says that we must not withhold our hand, but we do not know this or that which one will prosper. That means greatness happens after dark. 
Go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6. I need you to hear me. Those of you that have a J-O-B, a job, your, your greatness starts after 5 p.m. You've got to work on your talent. Those of you that don't have a job and somehow you're eating every day and God's taking care of you, praise the Lord. You may be called to be a business owner, praise the Lord. But you've got to work on your talent, your gift. Hear me. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand for you don't know which one will prosper, either this or that, whether they both shall be uh, shall be alike good. That means in the day, don't quit your day job. But after five, work on your greatness. Work on your song. Work on your preaching. Work on your writing. Work on your business design. Oh, in the morning, sow your seed. But greatness starts after 5 p.m. You understand Steve uh, Jobs, Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates, these people don't have character, but we can use them as an example. These businesses started in their garages. They, they, started, uh, they started as a part-time thing that they put all of their energy and all of their free time. Yeah, now, now, I'm not against television. I, I happen to like TV. I grew up on TV, but sometimes I got to rebuke TV because TV is a time stealer. It is a destiny delayer. I, 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 let me be, be honest. Uh, in the era I grew up, the, the, the TV was a babysitter. And so TV to me is like an old friend that I've had in my life since I can remember. And I can, I can sit naturally and watch one movie after another. After, I can just sit there and they call it vegging. I can do that. I mean, it's, ah, the, I can just, pray, just, I just laugh and have the popcorn and just enjoy some snacks and praise God. I'm, I, that's not evil if the movies are not evil. But it, the problem with that, that is a time stealer. That is a destiny withholder. What do you mean? To watch a movie is not bad, but if I put four, five, six hours into television on the weekend, how much time did I put into becoming excellent in the word? And you, you, you want, you know, people who are great, they didn't just become great. You, you ever seen Michael Jordan? You ever seen Tiger Wood? You ever seen these people on the football field or on the on the on the on the on the stage and they're doing something and you're like, wow, and you're like, whoa. And you're impacted. They didn't just wake up and learn to do that. What they did is they they spent year after year and hour after hour. And while we were sleeping and while we were watching television, they were working on their gift and they were working on their craft. And they were and now we watch them move in excellence. And now we will pay and we will sow and we will come to watch them teach and preach and sing and dance and run and move because they sowed into their gift and they sharpened their soul. Somehow we become lazy. And and slothful to think that God is going to bless us if we're not putting any time into our gift. So I'm going to tell you, hear me about the spirit. I don't, I'm not against television, but I am against idolatry. I'm not against games and fellowship. We need that, but we must invest in our destiny. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, don't withhold your hand. You got to keep working that gift you got to keep working that anointing. You got to keep working in that business. You got to keep working in that talent. And that's where greatness will come. And that's where power will come. Again, I'm preaching the word, but I'm preaching to some business owners that got words over you about millions of dollars and billions of dollars coming to you. I'm preaching to men and women that got callings on your life to go to the nations of the world. But how much preparation does it take for a man and woman to stand before the Olympics and to do a three a, th a 30 second race a one minute race a, a three minute time of operation and performance before the cameras and before the nations how many years of getting up at 4am eating the right thing and working and laboring years and decades of pushing and fighting and warring for 10 seconds this is called mastery the bible says pursue mastery when we pursue mastery, we will see money bow to us. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 9, 25. Every man that strives for mastery is temperate in all things. You, see, you know what temperate means? It means control. 
We've got to control. Uh, yes, I would like a double double with fries and and cokes and and and, and ice cream. And yes, I would like uh, uh, I would like shakes and pies every morning and every. E yes, I would like fast food all the time. Sure, I'd like calories and carbs. And you know, us Mexicans, us Latinos, we want our tortillas and our our butter and our, we want our beans and we want our lard and and you know y'all y'all sub folks from the south want to dip it in grease and batter it and we want we want we want soul food. we want to feel good when we're eating but you can't eat that all the time you can't not be temperate and expect your body not to act funny on you yes it soda tastes good but soda is worse than alcohol to your body it's destroying you you put a penny in soda and you leave that penny in soda it will strip the it will strip the the copper off the penny you you can degrease a motor with soda and we drink it because it tastes good but it's destroying us are you hearing me God is calling you to greatness every man that strives for mastery must control themselves control your appetite and the greatest appetite is number one our food number one our, our what we eat and what we put in our mouth and this is why you've got to be careful with what you put in your mouth because if you don't control your, your stomach, the Bible tells us there will be a generation whose God is their belly. I'm going there next. Go there back to every man that's tried for mastery. And the word mastery is, is, is a fullness. To, you've mastered something. Tiger Woods mastered golf. They got a, 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 a golf tournament called the Masters. And when you win that thing, you're, you're, you're considered a mastery of this thing. Jordan mastered golf. Gates mastered technology. A mastery. Techno uh, Musk, Elon Musk is mastering uh, creativity and, 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 and buying inventive and, and wisdom and whatever. See, they're mastering something, so the world is bowing to them, even though they don't got the Holy Ghost, and we're just praying to go to heaven. We're just praying, oh, Lord Jesus, let me pay my bills this week. Lord Jesus, let me just keep the lights on. Help us understand the power. It says the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. You want to know why? Because the children of this world are using wisdom to create while the children of the light are waiting to be caught up out of here. Though we are going, we're not leaving till things have been done. Every man that strives for mastery must be temperate, self-controlled. Exhibit self-government. You know, leaders have to govern themselves. Any leader that's worth their salt must learn to govern their self. The number one rule of a leader is self-government. This word, en, uh, eg, krat, yo, mahi. That you govern yourself when nobody is watching. Your appetites, your emotions, your thoughts. The kingdom is inside you before it ever comes through you. And what's buried in you never comes out until we learn to govern our mind, our thoughts, our words, our emotions. And if we mess up, we go back and fix it. Doesn't mean that you're a perfect man, but the word perfect means complete. A perfect woman in a figure drawn from athletes. Pre pre preparing yourself for a grand stage. Abstaining from normal things. From abstaining from unwholesome food, from wine and sexual indulgence. This is the word temperate. To abstain from indulgence. Hear me about the spirit. I like fried chicken. I like, I like, I like grease. It tastes good, but you can't eat it all the time. You can't, you, it, it'll hurt you. It'll affect you, you, you. Okay, you ever ate something and it's really good and the next minute or two you got something called the itis you know what the itis is what, what is itis it means you're sleepy you feel like taking a nap that's your body telling you you ate the wrong thing your body's trying to shut down to recover from what you just did to it and i've been guilty of the same i'm not throwing rocks I'm, I've, I've been guilty but you've got to work on that thing see every food is an upload you are uploading to your computer Every time you bite something, you drink something, it is an upload. Inside of the food is, is a code, all right? I'm not getting too super spiritual, but hear me about this. But I'm talking to some of you that are going to go around the world. 
and you're going to sit with kings and presidents and prime. maybe you're not you don't have any aspirations to get out of your backyard maybe living at your mama's house your whole life is all you ever want to do with your life but some of you are called to change the world some of you are called to be a king and a priest and a ruler and you got to rise up in this season i'm talking to you i'm talking to you by the holy ghost I'm talking to you. Some of you are called to excellence and greatness and precision. And so inside of every drink and every morsel of food is a code. What does that mean? They call them calories. They call them whatever you want to call them. But see, inside of the word of God is life. And he likens the word of God to bread. John, uh, Matthew 4. Matthew 4 verse number 4 tells us. They're going to put that up for us. He answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you eat bread, you eat and inside of the bread should be nutrient. When you drink water, inside of the water should be mineral. And these are codes your body needs, life-giving codes. And he said, in the word is life. But now we have food that in the code is death. It has flavor, but it doesn't give you life. Processed food doesn't give you life. Food should not, see, you've got to eat living food. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I'm trying to talk about, I'm trying to talk about your destiny. And God is trying to deal with our diets so that you can be well and whole and have the energy you need. And and the number one killer in America, the last I checked last year, was heart disease, and it, the heart disease, and that was related to poor diet. Obesity is through the roof. What that means is based on your BMI, and that's different for everybody. But they say if you're more than 30 to 40 pounds, you're technically in moving toward obesity, which is gluttony and sin in the Bible. Our heart is working too hard. Well, I'm not, Apostle, don't talk about that. Just prophesy a house to me so I can dance and shout. I want to prophesy a house to you, but I want you to live long enough so you can dance and shout in your house and not go to your kids. I want you to live long enough to swim in your pool and and I want you to live long enough to drive your Mercedes and your and your Rolls. I don't I want you well and the promise came and you're sick in your bed because because we ate ourselves to death with a spoon. You hearing me? Food has a code in it. And every time you eat you upload information to your body. And when you eat something that is not of <laughs> listen hear me. When you eat something that is not good for you and you uploaded a bad code, the body says, shut down, system failure. Go and take a nap. You're not just sleepy at 12 o'clock in the afternoon because you, you didn't get enough sleep. Probably you didn't. Maybe I didn't. You got sleepy right after you ate that food because it's your body saying, shut down, fix this. It's oh, This thing is making your body work hard. See, when you eat all of the carbs and all of the sugars, this is not a dietitian meal, but it is about discipline. When we eat all of these things so often and we eat this pleasure food and not purpose food and it gets into our system, the body has to work overtime and that's why you get low on energy. But when you eat salad, when you eat vegetables, and I don't like vegetables, I don't like green stuff unless it tastes good, but I've got to eat it. I've got to have my vitamins. Why? Because I eat living food. It's still alive. You're supposed to eat living food, fruits and vegetables that are alive. See, fruits and vegetables, if you don't eat them uh, within a, a proper amount of time, they go bad. You're not going to have a six-month-old banana. You can't eat a year-old uh, year old, year old tomato. It gets off the vine because there's life in it. And then after a week or two or three, it begins to spoil because the life in it. Now, the reason the potato chip can sit on the on the on the 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 uh, shelf for six months, they've got preservatives. They preserve, so they put things in it so it lasts, but it takes away the life out of it. So it tastes good. Nom nom nom. The, the Cheeto tastes good. Um, the Dorito tastes. Mmm. It's flavorful, but it's not giving you any life. You're just eating empty, empty. You hear, this is a word. Some of us are hearing messages that aren't feeding us. We're going to have to grow, son, daughter of God, man of God. We're going to have to grow into this place of operation, into this place of victory. We're not to live by bread, but by the word. The word of God is life. The word of God is living. 
the word of God produces. We've got to lift. The rivers of living water are in us. And we've got to discipline ourselves. That's right, Brother Reuben. We've got to fast and pray. The Bible says, let me read this to you before we move on to this next point. I'm talking to somebody who's moving to greatness. Maybe not everybody. Maybe maybe, maybe not everyone's going to go forward and change the world and be a light bearer and deal with generations and, and move it and make the devil pay. But there are some of you listening that will change this world for the kingdom of God and discipline. And righteous living and holiness is not old-fashioned. Well, you know, you know, Apostle, I, 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 now, I, now I like Joseph Prince, and I believe in the message of grace, and I, I, I do like him. He teaches very well. But there's been a misinterpretation to where now grace has become sloppy agape, that I can sin when I want, I can drink what I want, I can eat what I want, I can, I can smoke what I want, you can lay where you want, the devil is a lie. You cannot, what, see, what you sow, you will reap, even though there's the blood. Hear me by the Spirit. If I, God forbid, if a pastor decides to leave his wife or his, her husband and sleep with another man and have a baby out of wed, uh, baby, it will destroy the church. It will destroy the family. It will destroy their ministry. God will forgive them. But the wages of that thing is in their flesh and in the life. So God will always forgive us, but you will receive what's called the wage of sin. Now the wage of sin is a payment that will come due at another time the wage. So you ever went to work and you said, how much? I'll, I'll, I'll take 25. I'll take 30 an hour. Whatever you discuss, I'll take 3000 a month, either a salary or, or a, or an hourly wage. You've, you've agreed. Now you put in the work, you put in the hours after you've worked. You don't say, all right, now it's payday. I'll take a smile. You, you, you don't work for smiles. You, you, don't, you don't work for a, a piece of gum. Oh, pay me in gum. No, no, no. You don't work for, a, when you're on a job, you don't work for a pat on the back. You, you show me the money. It's payday, praise the Lord, and I need to be paid, got bills to pay. And sometimes, yeah, okay, so you're expecting a payment. That is a wage, and the wage will produce a day of payment. Sin produces a wage. It is a payment that will come even if you ask for forgiveness, you've sowed a seed. So what do you do? You cancel the sowing of that seed so the harvest didn't come. Because when you desire, for, so the Bible says, I don't know why we're in this, but here's what the Bible says. That when sin, the scripture says when sin fully matures, it brings death. When it, when it comes to full maturity, James chapter 1 Verse 14, we're going to put it up there. James 1, verse 14. See, I, I, I'm, I'm talking to you this way. And I, there's maybe even just three of you that are hearing what I'm saying. But, I, but I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost to somebody who's got to get out of this thing this year and see. You, you, let, me, let me help. I fear three of you. Uh, God, you know, you know, look at what time it is. Uh, I'm older now. Uh, God, you know, you, you gave me all these words. And, and God's looking at you, sister brother and saying, I gave you the word. Now you got to put that word to work. God is, it's time for him to bring it to pass. And so if God speaks to me, apostle, you will be a man of God. You will go around the world. You will preach to nations. And I don't start to discipline my mind and discipline my body and discipline my health and discipline my teaching and preaching and discipline and build up my marriage. God will say a thing to me. And if I didn't receive it and act on it, it doesn't profit me. I'm going to show you in a minute. God speaks it. Well, you know, God said, I believe it. That says it. You know what belief means? You did a corresponding action and actions. You are now, if God says you will be a doctor and you will change the world, guess what? You got to go to medical school. You got to get yourself up and go back to GED, go back to, 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 to junior college and go back and now go and put the work in. You don't just get poof, you're a doctor because you got a word. God spoke it and he'll provide the money, he'll provide the power, he'll provide the resource, but I've got to receive the word preached, not mixed with faith doesn't profit those that hear it. The word must be mixed with faith. Here's what it says, uh, James 1 verse 14, but every man when he is tempted, remember temper, to be temperate means to have self-control. But when we are tempted, God is, is, now the word temper, it doesn't mean uh, just to provoke. It means to test the quality. 
So before you drive your car, your car was tempered with crash test dummies. Before you wore that shirt, they test the quality of it. It's to try the quality. Every man, when he is tempered, he is drawn away by his own desired, his own lust. This word is desire. And the Bible says that he is baited. So the enemy wants to bait us, but he's baiting us because inside of us is a desire. Let me give you an example. Um, let's pretend I've used it before. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, thou shalt not eat chocolate cake. If it was, we'd be all in trouble, but it's not there. But let's pretend if there was a scripture that said, thou shalt not eat chocolate cake. If you never had chocolate cake, you wouldn't know what it tastes like. So you don't have, you don't have inside you the desire for what you've never had. You understand? Now, if you've had chocolate cake, you grew up on chocolate cake. It's your favorite. Now you get saved and you do away with the cake. You still remember the taste. So when there's a desire, it's from the inside. So number one, there's a desire that produces an abating. Verse number 15, then when the desire is conceived, this word is conception. It's not birthing. See, a seed and a womb and, and, and an egg come together and now there's conception. So when the desire is conceived, now it brings forth the sin. But you're not dead yet. You're, you can still move in sin, which is error. When we've turned from the word of God, the ways of God, it bursts. So the, the desire now conceives in the mind, in the will, and it brings forth sin. And when sin fully grows, it manifests death. So the desire is not sin. I'm going to say this again. To have a desire is not sin. But if you dwell on the desire long enough, it will produce an action that births sin. The thought is not sin. You got to do what with the thought? Cast that thing down. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. This is not of God. So the thought is not sin. Are you hearing me? I don't know who this is for. I'm trying to teach you the, 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 the mindset necessary to take your 24, 2024 by the hand and say, I'm stepping into all that God has for me. So again, there's desire. And when desire is baited, it produces an action. And the action long enough, which is called sin, will eventually produce a harvest, which is called death. When sin is done, it's going to destroy you or me. So we must not live, the scripture tells us, we must not live. It says, there is a generation whose God is their belly. Philippians uh, chapter number three. We'll start at 18 there. And I'm telling you this because you're, I, I, I feel very strong. I've got some, I'm not just saying to hype you. Some wealth magnets on the line. You were made to steward large sums of money for God, for your family, and for this generation. And you know what stewardage? It means management, stewardship. So I've got to be able to manage well things in small doses before God gives me big doses. For many walk whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross. Keep going to the next verse. The Bible says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. I said this before, and I'll say it again. The chickens have come home to roost. There is a network of perversion in high places, in government, in entertainment, in finance and all seven mountains, but also in the church. And this network of perversion, of child prostitution, of male and female prostitution, of, of, of great wickedness is now coming to the light. And there are not rumors, there are evidence, there are texts, there are photos and videos. I've seen some texts just recently, but I heard it before I saw it. This stuff is coming out to bring people to repentance. If they will not repent, God will take them home. Fathers in the faith, leaders, generals in the faith that have changed the culture of the kingdom, but they fall into reprobate minds. And this is why, just be, hear me, this is why our appetites must be governed. If you don't rule your appetites, they will rule you. And God is not going to have it again. 
whose end is destruction if they don't repent. Whose God is their belly, their stomach. They live by their passion, their desires, their flesh. Why are you just religious, apostle? No, 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 no. God ain't going to raise up in this day this sloppy mess. God's going to raise up men like Joseph, not Samson. Joseph had an opportunity to sleep with the wife of Potiphar, and no one would know it. And because he was wealthy and because he was a, a, a chief in the court of Pharaoh, she had to have been beautiful. She had to have been well-pleasing to the eyes. But God needed a man he could trust. And God allowed temperament, testing to come in the house of Potiphar so he could qualify for the palace. And he passed the test. And because he didn't sleep with this woman, because he ran from her, she accused him of rape, took his coat, and he went to prison. And he, the theologians say he was the longest in his, of all the places, the, the pit, part of his house, the prison, the longest was the prison. And God prepared him in the prison for the palace. But there's another man named Samson who had a lot of power, but he didn't have no character. He had a sweet tooth that ended up killing his ministry. And yes, at the end, God grew his hair back, but he did it in shame. He was naked. He was blind. He was mocked for many years. And they would bring, the Philistines would bring Samson out year after year naked, and they would mock him. And he fulfilled his destiny in shame. David fulfilled his destiny, but the sword never left his house because he never dealt with this issue of appetites. Our appetites cannot rule us. We must rule our appetite. John 1 verse 14, I'm going to pray. We're going on. This wasn't what I thought we were going to teach. But I, I believe that you were made for And you say, God, help me with this thing. Help me get this thing in order. Because I've got, I've got you, you can't stay on the backside of the wilderness. And the word was made flesh. I need you to understand that God wants the word he gave you to become a reality. But the corridor of your heart, the concepts, the perception, the discipline, the righteousness, the integrity in handling money, your test, your tithing is a test. Your offering is a test. Tithing, well, I tithe, do you offer? You, we, we rob God. Well, I, I give what I can. No, no, no. You give what he says. Not, what, not just what the pastor says. Now, if the Holy Ghost is talking to the pastor, obey. What does God tell you to do? That's the key to you not lacking tomorrow with what you do with what's in your hand today. The tithe and the offering are the Lord's. The offering is what God speaks to you to, to do. And when you do what God says, you'll see the harvest. The challenge is our flesh is in the way. The word must become flesh and must dwell among us and we must see the glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. God wants to show his glory and it's gonna come through the corridor of your heart it's going to come through the quarter of my heart. I'm going to pray with you that God heal our heart, that God strengthen us because you've got to lead. This is your season to lead. I'm going to say it again, but there are, there are leadership qualities and there are leadership prerequisites in the kingdom. We cannot ignore these laws. You can try all you want to. You can have a thousand words, but they'll just stay words. Are you taking those words? I told you I'd, I'd put that up for you. Uh, the word became flesh. We dwelt, we beheld it full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, not just grace. If you have grace and no truth, it becomes perverted. I can do what I want. I can live where I want. I can smoke what I want. I can eat what I want. I can lay where I want. I can, I can do whatever I want. And that's what these preachers, this doctrine has gone out. I heard it and God kept us from it by his mercy, not mine. This doctrine, you can lay where you want, and this this old mega, this old big preacher telling this young minister, the Bible says there's a thorn in the flesh, and you're gonna have a thorn. And Paul prayed for it to go away, and it didn't leave. So because there's a thorn in the flesh, every time you minister, you're gonna need to satisfy your appetite, and you need to whether it's a boy or girl, whether it's man or man, whatever you need, the drugs you can have it, and His grace is sufficient. The devil is a liar. That's a doctrine that was taught. To these preachers, you can have whatever you want. Man, woman, boy, girl, drug, alcohol, whatever you want. It's all this, no ma'am, no sir. Lord, and it's, you know, his grace is sufficient. Paul prayed three times, it didn't leave. So you ask God to take this desire for men and you're a man and women for women and, and you're a woman or you're married and you're laying with other folks. 
drugs in the, in the pulpit, perversion, pedophilia in the pulpit, and oh, well, the grace is sufficient. No, this thing is being exposed. I said, this thing is being exposed. And God is going to get the glory out of it. I said, God is going to, now people are going to need to repent. And we must not be so religious that we don't help them repent. But we're not going to drop the standard. Righteous living, living for God, clean hands, a pure heart. We're not going to be worried. We're going to move forward. The word was made flesh and it was full of grace and truth. Here's what, here's what uh, Hebrews 4, 2 says. The word must mix with faith. For unto us was the word preached as well as to them. But the word preached didn't benefit them because it wasn't being mixed with faith in those that heard it. This will not be your 2024. Hear me, woman of God. Hear me, man of God. You will not have this year the same way. Blessings, Brother Livingston. So good to see you. Blessings to you and your wife. Sister Megan, the Lord bless you. Uh, man of God, Pastor Fredlin, all the way in Ireland, the Lord bless you. Bianca, the Lord bless you. Grace and peace over you and the church. God is raising up those with clean hands and pure hearts. Are we perfect? No. But we've got our body under control, our words under control, our appetites under control. And we've got to yield them to the Holy Ghost so that as God raises men, we are not religious now. We've got to be careful from self-righteousness. That, that's, that's important to be so, I'm so pure and holy that I look down on other people. That's not God either. I'm going to say that again. That is not God to put your nose down on other folks. We got to help, but it is God to help them up. Say, so look, no, no, we don't do this. I love you, sir. I'll pray, for, but we don't do this here. Not, well, I, that's not my conviction. The Bible tells us if you will be any kind of overseer, the word bishop, it, the, when Paul writes to Timothy, the word, it, it's an overseer. It means in charge of anything in charge of an apartment, in charge of a business, in any ministry. If you're an overseer, not to be given to anyone. Why? Because kings need to be clear-minded. Proverbs says that, that, that wine is not for kings. I'm going to read this to you, but it's for the poor and the broken. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I know the Holy Ghost is telling me the scripture says wine is not for kings. But, you know, I can simply, you can, but where are you going? Where, where are you really going? Well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, that's one thing. But here's what Proverbs 31 verse 4 says. Proverbs 31 verse 4 says, It is not for, uh, uh, go, go back to verse 3. Go back to verse 3 if they would. We're getting ready to go. Give not thy strength to women, nor thy ways to that which destroys kings. Now, it doesn't mean you can't give authority to the woman of God, to women. But he's, he's exhorting the king don't, don't, don't you not lead. You've got to lead, man of God. I'm talking to men. You've got to lead, man of God. Don't be afraid to, grab, to take your woman by the hand and lead her to the kingdom. She doesn't want control. She doesn't want manipulation, but she wants to be led of the Holy Ghost. She wants to be taken care of and led to the presence of God. No, no. She, she, every woman wants the safety, not of money, but the security of the will of God. See, that's why women, people think women want money. They don't want money. They want security. They need to know they're safe. They need to know their family's safe. The number one, it's security. And the, you lead them into the kingdom of God. Verse 30, verse 4 tells us there are things that destroy kings. This is one of them. I may have to do a series on, on, on the, the destruction of kings. What we don't do, but also the building of kings, the magi. The building of, it's not for kings, Olomil. It is not for kings to drink wine or princes, rulers for strong drink. Why not? You know, the little buzz feels good. You, you know, you need to take a little edge off and, and, and you know, you got stress. And, and then before you know, the, 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 the little wine turned a little, to a little cig of weed. Now you're, 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 you're sipping and you're smoking and, and you're puffing your Newports because, you know, you got, you got emotional issues and strain. No, no, no. You're supposed to drink of the Holy Ghost. And this is doctrine that came out. As young men and young women, they taught us it's fine, it's no big deal. You read it, it's not for kings or for rulers, for those who will steward great wealth. To drink strong drink, you need clarity. Well, apostle, you, you, you know, that sounds religious. Whatever is in you as a head comes through your body. If you're a, a, an overseer of anything in the kingdom, 
Well, I'm not a bishop. I'm, I'm just a lowly minister. And the Bible says not to give yourself too much. You know what minister is? Executor. One who, ex it means serve. Now we all serve, but you'll never move past a minister in the kingdom if you don't understand this law. To govern requires this. Verse five, keep reading. Verse five, let, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert judgment of any of the afflicted. Why? At all times. See, there is a power and a, an authority that God wants to give to kings that their words come to pass. And we must always have a clear mind. Well, you know, you know, we're on vacation and, you know, we just need to rest our mind and you got pressure. So, no, 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 hear me. The Holy Ghost can feel that. No, you're religious. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will give you comfort and peace. Let the drink can pervert judgment. God was angry at the priest and angry at the prophets because of strong drink. It perverted judgment. He said it's, it perverts judgment. It, it, you always must be of a ready mind in the night, in the morning, in the evening. You always must be of a, on the weekends. You must be of a ready mind. Keep reading verse six, but give strong drink to those who are ready to perish. Are you listening to me? Strong drink is for those who are getting ready to perish. You're on your way to perishing and wine unto those who are of a heavy heart. Okay, well, maybe that's you. All right, keep reading. Perishing, heavy hearts. All right, all right. Let him drink to forget his poverty. Where are you going, sir? Well, you know, the world can do it. You're not the world. You're a king in the kingdom of God, and he is righteous, and he is holy. And remember his misery no more. This is for misery. This is for poverty. This is for broken hearts. And I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost. You will go nowhere till these habits are corrected. Health, appetite, discipline, service. God is saying, I'm going to give you character to keep you where your gift is going to take you. I'm out of time. I got to go. I ruffled some feathers, but I didn't plan on it, but God did. God loves you, sir. God loves you, ma'am. God's called you to the kingdom of God to change the world. And greatness requires you to lay your life down. If you lay your life down, you will live. And all this stuff happening, perversion, sin, wickedness, alcohol, drugs, pedophilia, pornography, sex trafficking, male prostitution, all this stuff is all mixed. It, you can't pick parts of it. You, there's a line drawn. Are you on this side or are you on that side? And God is going to expose. There's going to be, a, I said it before, I'll say it again. This stuff's coming out from the top of, and it starts at the house of God all the way to the bottom. The photos, the pictures, all of it's going to be exposed. The, it's a rink, and it must be dealt with, and God is going to give them time to repent. I believe that. I want to pray with you. If you're listening to me, I want you to hear me about the Spirit. You've been called for greatness. You've been chosen to change the world. They're going to put that verse up one more time. And the Word became flesh. John 1.14. And the Word. John 1.14 said, and the, John, John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh through the corridor of your heart and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only. I want to pray now. I've got to go. Father, I pray over these men of God. I pray that these women would be strengthened. That this would be a year of change for us. That where does change begin? It starts here. It starts here. Then it starts here, what we do our mind, our heart, our will, then it changes what we do. So God, change us, make us new, make us well. Every word spoken, you'd spoke it, but let the word be mixed with faith so we could produce something. Not just another word, not just another prophecy where we get mad at God and say, God, where are you? How come you didn't? God said, I spoke it. You got to believe it. You've got to build your life on that word. And as you do, it tells me you believe it then I bring it to pass. Father, I pray vision would be clear over these men. Strength would be clear over these women. 
virtue would come upon them and that they would know that they are chosen and they are appointed and that you're going to use them for the glory of God in the land of the living. Keep us now, strengthen us now, revive us now, let wisdom and power provision, let doors open for them that no one can close, let favor abound upon their life and let them experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. I just declare according to your word that heavenly hosts are performing those promises. That what's been spoken over them will come to... I need you to pray now. I need about 60 seconds. If you speak in the Holy Ghost, if you pray in tongues, do it. If you pray in the understanding, do it. But open your mouth. God, I send the word to this man. I send the word to this woman to hit the heart. I send it to myself. God, grant to us wisdom that what is done in the dark will be manifested in the light. So let everything that we do, do be done in the fear of God. Let us do well in our family, in our home, in our private lives, in managing health, in managing family, in managing money. Whatever we do, let it be done before the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart so we would honor you and the devil would have no place to come in. The devil is a legalist. He comes in to steal and kill and destroy, but he comes in through a door that we open without knowing. So God, let us close the door on the devil and open the door on the kingdom of God. Revelation 3 verse 7 says that, ah, there's something called the key of David. And this key of David gives us power to overcome. He that has the key of David opens and no man shuts, but it also shuts and no man opens. We shut the door on the devil. We shut the door on poverty. We shut the door on perversion. We shut the door on compromise. We shut the door on every work that is not of you. We ask you to release grace over every hearer now. Grace over every man of God, every woman of God, every kingdom son. You will not stay in the wilderness, but you will rise up and go to the palace and the palace will not destroy you because you can have whatever you want when you get to the palace. Whatever you desire will come out. So God, purify our desires. Purify our wants. Purify our passions. So when we get to the palace, we only want you and nothing more and nothing less. Grant to us this grace that we would be preserved and that we would not destroy us or shame you. This I ask in the name above every name, and let every believing son and daughter that believes this thing of God say amen. Amen. Bless you, royal queen. Bless you, sister Avita. Bless you, sister Megan. Thank you for being with us. Uh, this podcast took a left, and I, I had this in, in the notes, and God had that in mind. But I need you to hear me. There are kings on the, on the broadcast. There are queens. And this, you don't judge nobody. It's not your job to ju God will do this thing. God, you don't expose people. God exposes. God gives people time to repent. And then what sin is done privately manifest in public. And we don't throw people away and we don't hate people, but they need to be restored. I need to, if, if there's areas of my life, if the car breaks down, you don't leave the car in the freeway and keep driving it. You got to go back and get restored and come back and we'll be there to receive you. We can't ignore this stuff and pretend it's not happening. God sees these things. And we, as the leaders of the next generation, must rise up with clean hands and a pure heart and humility and lead for the glory of God. So that's you. I believe it to be so. There are leaders on this line. There are rulers on this line. Bless you, Lori. There are men and women, of Minister Reuben. God is going to use you. God's going to minister mightily through your life. You're not a normal person, but here's what the Bible says. To whom much is given, much is required. Many are called, but chosen are few. You're chosen. You're not just called. So to whom more is given, more is required. But what we give cannot compare to what we give. Well, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live restrained. I don't want to live restricted. Then we, we can never be great. If we will never restrain ourselves and sacrifice, we'll never move to greatness. Guess what you'll always do? Go in circles. So then this year, next year, and then next year, and we'll keep tempting God until the day of, of grace closes for us. And that's not his will. You're not meant to go in circles and just, or just stay where you are for, for another five, 10 years. You're meant to promote. God said this to me years ago. 
in step it got seven or eight years there's there's things that you've got to move into and away from not necessarily sin just habits that that won't help you and you've got to okay work on this all right circumcise this you see the word of god is a two-edged sword that means the word cuts the devil and then it circumcises me so i've got to be continually cutting away the flesh so that god can be seen in my life and i've got to keep what are you ever done not until you get there not until you get the glorified body not until you hear the last trumpet and then from there we move on to more in the kingdom so I want to encourage you listening. I love you so. I'm praying for you. Happy, happy new year. And you want to know what's going to make the new year happy? Is if you start promoting. You start moving forward. The season is in us. Again, I didn't, I didn't, get, to, I didn't get to teach it. But the Bible says to guard our hearts for out of it are the issues of life. It's found in Proverbs 4.23. The stewardship of our heart produces the fruit of our lives and the word is in you the kingdom's in you the glory's in you but the condition of your heart determines the condition of your life and so when inside is broken and wounded and and bankrupt you'll live in this long season of delay it's not meant for you you're not meant for that but when this gets well and this gets well and this gets well and this gets well what you do your eyes, your ears, and you begin to bring it under. It's saying you're just saying, God, I believe that word. So it, it, I, I remember, I'll, I'll, I'm done. I remember this is about maybe more than ten years ago now, maybe more. I'd say probably thirteen to fourteen years ago now. The Lord asked me, "Do I really believe that what He said, I'm going to see? Do I believe even half of it?" I said, "Lord, I believe it all." He said, "Then why are you upset?" Why are you mad? Why, why are you not preparing better? Why are you not enjoying the journey? Why are you not, if you really believe that you're going to do what I'm telling you, and it's so great, prepare, enjoy, be at rest. I'm going to encourage you. There's so much that God is going to do. I want to wish you a very blessed new year. I pray the favor of God begin to expand in your life, and you see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm praying for you. Again, this is the senior pastor of This Rock International. We're thankful that you were with us on our very first Freedom Global podcast of the new year. And uh, I could feel the, the hand of the Lord leading us as we were talking. I pray that it edified you and encouraged you, even if it, it cut us a little bit. I'm, I'm preaching to myself as we're circumcising. I believe that the cutting away is about producing more so we can be those who are, are those who are the righteous who can receive authority. So God bless you. I'm praying that if you would share this, if you were blessed, if it ministered to you, if you know some folk that could use this word in their ear, I'm going to ask you to go back and re-listen to it, listen to it once, listen to it twice, but also if you can share, hit that share button, hit that like button, that helps those algorithms. And the Lord said very soon, we're going to start praying over these algorithms. Uh, we're, we're about to start this with our intercession and rebuking these blocking algorithms that have been programmed demonically to stop certain voices from getting forward. You say, well, not everybody. There's a lot of pastors I know that are paying for boost and paying, you know, trying to advertise and things are being stopped. Bless you, Apostle Rudy. The Lord bless you. So good to see you, man of God. Happy New Year to you and the church. But I'm going to encourage you that that the door is going to open even on these media platforms and the people that think they're in charge, they're not really in charge. And I see people who are godless and not that they don't care for God, but they've got these agendas. They block this and block that. God's going to show who's in charge. So I'm praying over that. I'm praying over you. Please have a very blessed new year. Uh, we pray the grace and favor over you as we dismiss our charisma podcast. The Lord bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.